podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Good afternoon, ladies and gents, and welcome to another post-conference presser. And it feels a huge one this week because it's the Chelsea game pending tomorrow. Klopp has only just finished his press conference, maybe not too long ago because there is an embargo, so we'll have to see what that brings. But Chelsea in less than 24 hours, so the excitement's building. My name's Dave Davis. I am joining you not from a field in rural Ireland, but to be honest, from a cold and pretty freezing Edinburgh. And it looks like Liverpool will be a similar temperature tomorrow. I'm very pleased to say I'm joined this week by Tom Rowe. Tom, how are we? I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me. It's good to, I'm excited to join you for a big one. Good stuff. Well, we'll see if you still feel the same after you've been grilled and asked to make your predictions, Tom, in all honesty. So (laughs) we will get right into it. So we'll do the usual people. So we'll go through Klopp's comments, what he said in the presser. We'll look back to Wolves clues because, hey, we won a game. So we need to talk about that a little bit. We'll talk about Chelsea's threats and we're not talking buying players all the time. We'll have a look at our formation and what we think the lineup Klopp will go with for the game. And then Tom will have his stab at beat the host. So let's get right into it, Tom. Uh, an interesting yeah. presser, realistically. So almost felt like, a, I suppose I'll call it a reflective one. A lot of talk about his mm-hmm. thousand games in charge, people asking for his experience and advice to younger self. A lot of talk, I should say, as well about Chelsea and linked to the natural talk of transfers and investments. <laughs> um I suppose looking back at that, I know it's only a short time to reflect. Mm. How would you describe Klopp's mood in that presser? Um, I probably just a little bit less testy than last week. Um, it's, you could see that obviously the, the frustrations are still there in many departments, but I think uh, yeah. you know he still managed to have a couple of pops at the press, which um, he likes to do. Um, but yeah, I think in general you can see there's there's still a lot of thought there. There's a lot of um, kind of consciousness of just trying to still trying to figure things out still trying to I mean we we have something to build on from the other day and how he's going to go about that and you know Chelsea's a tough task so I'm sorry I'm sure he's got a lot to focus on so yeah very thoughtful like you said yeah I'd agree I think we it's funnily enough when Liverpool are winning Klopp tends to be in a cheerier mood doesn't he (laughs) when it's not going so well the, the two correlate so yeah we'll see how he is the one after this is maybe a key indicator I think We've got to talk about it, Tom, because for all the, the troubles there's been recently, it is right to reflect at times and sort of celebrate certain things. And naturally, with a thousand competitive games in charge, that's a heck of an achievement. So he was asked about that in the press. So he said, it wasn't, it's not all been good, but they've been going in the right direction. He never really thought about it too much, which is understandable. And he talked about how he's really blessed with his three clubs 
thinking obviously of Mainz, Dortmund and ourselves. Yeah. I suppose a bit of reflection time for Jurgen Klopp at Liverpool. Thinking personally, Tom, mm. when you look back or when you think about it, what would you say is your favourite game you've had with Klopp in charge? Gosh. <laughs> um, it's difficult when you've lived your best best years under his era as a Liverpool fan. <laughs> like where do I start? I mean, when you think of like the obvious ones, I think you've, you've got to say Barcelona. Yeah. It stands out. Um, for me personally, for, from an obvious one standpoint, it'd probably be the Dortmund game because I was there and it was, I, I left that night knowing I'll probably never go to a better game of football in yeah. my life. And I was there that night with a friend who was a Liverpool fan and he was like, damn, <laughs> so I'm probably never going to see a better football game than that. And that's not, I'm not even a Liverpool fan. Um, and then I'd say like the not so obvious one, one that always kind of like, when I'm thinking of the best cop games, it always just comes straight to mind, which is the um, City home game in the 18-19 yeah. season in the Champions League. There was so much build-up and uh, so much anticipation. There was nerves because it's City and you think, God, we can't let him get one over in the in the Champions League. We absolutely battered him. And that, yeah, yeah, that always comes to mind. I love that one. Yeah, it's a it's probably tough to to sort of think of any others. The only other one, and actually, when I'm saying the only other one, it might even be my top one of the the club mm. era I can remember is the United game when Salah got the the last minute winner in the two 0 victory in the title winning oh, season. Yeah. Just, I think it was Proud. almost being honest. It wasn't a, it wasn't an amazing game. It almost mm. was more about that moment and when that went in. Just the let off. It, you know, it felt like we're going to actually win this, no problem yeah. at all. So that that's probably up there. But yeah, for all the let's call it the nonsense talk there's been recently. Let's not pretend yeah. this man's given us the greatest nights of our life quite often. So Absolutely. yeah, right to celebrate it, but. Back to the uh, the current moment in charge, which might not be as reflective. He was um, he was asked interestingly, and I like the way the journal phrased this: half time in the season. So, mm. how do you assess it? What would you look at it? I like this question to be honest. And he talked about three key things: about demanding more consistency, which probably understandable. Mm-hmm. Defend at a higher level, which we hadn't done often enough. Probably agree with that as well. And the need to create chances. Yeah, probably. Key three key things I'd say, and probably a fair summary for a, a half time report for me. Yeah. Do you agree with that? Are you that person who has everything the coolest merch and those must have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t shirts, sweaters, hoodies, and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints, and coasters all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I do, I do. And there was there was one word he used in particular, which was, um, I, I mean, he said about defending together, and then he said everybody, and he put an emphasis yeah. on that, which to me kind of pointed at the. I mean, it's something that we all talk about kind of constantly, and it's about the midfield, and I think it's it's an it's an obvious issue this season where 
people have been able to just get through that. And it doesn't matter how well, in what form our back four is in, if the if the midfield is letting people have a free run at our, our defence. Yeah. And trying to play the way we do and press high up the pitch, it's, it's going to be... Team's going to have a field day like they had. So I think him saying that and pointing, kind of putting emphasis on everybody as a unit, not the back four defending. Yeah. 11 men playing the way we need to play, which is our best form of defence. I think, yeah, I think that was a, an obvious sign that the stuff that I think we, we're we very aware of. And um, kind of in, in uh, reflection of Wolves was, was a lot better. So, yeah, hopefully something to build on. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And you're right, because he even linked Wolves in, as he kind of mentioned mm-hmm. it in the answer as an example. I agree with everything you, you said there. And yeah, very much a, a team ethos that pressing from the front, everyone doing their job, because like you said, there have been some uh, glaring weaknesses, if that's the right phrase this season. But half-time, as you said, half-time was vast. <laughs> so let's see what happens in the second half. Um, one area it would be remiss of us not to mention was... And almost an old friend of Jurgen Klopp's, Carl Markham, who's had a tough time in the press conferences <laughs> recently. But I asked his question very well, because obviously if he'd asked just about transfers, he'd have got his head bitten off. We all know that. But he asked specifically, I like the way he did this, he linked it to Chelsea, he linked it to investment, did specifically mm-hmm. use the word transfers to almost led him there, and led him there quite well, personally, I thought. Yeah. So... He talked about this in depth. This is probably the one I suspect will grab a lot of the headlines from the conference. So can't can't see investments stopping in, re- in reference to other clubs. So in the future, so we have to do it. An interesting comment. Very much believing coaching, developing and team building 100%, which we probably expected. That's very much a Klopp ethos. Yep. Used, a, used a double negative here. Cannot not spend or we have a problem. Very sort of... <laughs> pointed and distinct comments. What did you take from that, Tom? I mean, he gave like a, a classic clop laugh as soon as he mentioned Chelsea and the word spending. Just yeah. just kind of broke out into a classic clop laugh. And, um, you know, I always find it interesting when he kind of says about, you know, he's a coach first, development first coach and that sort of thing, which, I mean, we can't really argue against. Yeah. Uh, based on the last seven years but I do wonder sometimes if that ethos would be slightly different if he had more resources to tap into but at the same time I imagine it's a bit of both if he had more resources to tap into maybe taps into buying more kind of younger talent that he can continue to do what he's done so yeah no this it's not it's not foreign to think that's that's what Klopp's all about it's not a surprise to hear him say it um, but yeah, also kind of mentioning on if like investment's not going to stop. No, it's not. It's based on, you know, what we thought was happening five years ago was ludicrous. What we thought was happening 10 years ago, we thought was ludicrous in terms of spending. It's just, it's, it's not stopped. And now we're looking at 80, yeah. 100 million pound players of the new 30, 50 million pound players over the last 10 years. So yeah, I mean, it kind of points more to the fact that, you know, if, we can be a good team, but if we want to really compete, I'm sure Klopp knows it. We know it. We we have to be in a position where we can react and uh, we have to be able to compete for these players as well. Um, and I don't expect, I don't think anyone expects us to spend, spend 500 million in six months. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a bit more than what we're doing, I think would have gone a long way. 
I, I'd agree with that. I think the one thing we'll see, and, and I could be wrong on this, but for my sort of two pens, I think people will take those comments with them, sorry, comments and run with them how they want. I think if you're a FSG out type of person, and we know they exist, especially in the social media stratosphere, mm. it's easy to use that comment, isn't it? Oh, it's clock attacking the owners saying they're not backing in, we need to spend. It's easy to interpret that way. It's easy, like you said as well, he's mentioned about the need to, he's, he talked about FSG taking more risks as well, so they can be used yeah. in that essence. It, it just has a feeling you can almost interpret those how you wish or take the fact to suit your theory if that's the right phrase so it will be interesting on the headlines but i did like that sentiment still it's the key at the end of the day as you said if we don't invest we won't compete so there's a clear message in that sense so yeah definitely an interesting presser and i did mention it at the the top of the program but just in case anyone did miss it there is an embargo so interesting because the last embargo was you know, he talked about quite a few things in depth. They've not always been the most exciting, so we'll have to see. But there is definitely an embargo mm. for tonight. So we'll see what happens at 10.30. But we'll almost go back in time a bit to a game we actually won, Tom. Wolves, we actually <laughs> won a game. Sounds incredible in the current climate. But heck of a night, wasn't it? 1-0, eight changes as well from Brighton. Very mm. distinct. So... One thing I always laugh at as well, the Twitter reaction to eight changes. There were a few meltdowns with numerous youngsters coming in, and we're going to have to talk about those youngsters, particularly one, a Harvey Elliott wonder strike. I think we'll phrase it that way for the victory. Mm-hmm. I think what one thing again, and I liked a lot of things in this press conference, so I'm not going to shy away from saying it again. He was asked specifically about Stefan, good old badge, and his performance, yeah. and mentioned, you know, what does that mean for him? And he also mentioned in the press conference that Wolves, as we said before, using that as an example of the things we have to do when he was asked about that halftime report. So, mm-hmm. yeah, a, a really interesting game for so, so many reasons. I mean, when you look back at it now, it's not been that long ago, less than a week. How do you actually rate the team's performance from that night? In in one word, I'd probably just say better. And I like it's, I'm not going to get carried away by it. I mean, there was a lot of elements, but I think you know even Klopp touched upon it that it was better. But then there were elements, you know, towards the end of the game, we were we were scrapping a little bit to, yeah, they didn't really create the big chances. We we were still scrapping a bit to kind of fight, like keep them at, at arm's length and to stop them from being able to create the opportunity to send it through. Um, extra time which Klopp said obviously it wouldn't have been ideal and wouldn't have been yeah. his um, Hello I'm here to annoy you I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index we don't just have the Anfield Index stuff we've got EPL Index as well which covers the entirety of the Premier League and we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa. He does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable there every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter 
at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, yeah, I'm not going to get carried away with it, but there's definitely a lot of elements that I did enjoy. And there was uh, little moments where you kind of thought, um, it felt like you was watching Liverpool again, the Liverpool we're used to seeing. So uh, it was nice. It was those elements, those individual performances I really enjoyed. Stefan being one of them, thought he was brilliant. And um, yeah, I mean, as far as the Wolves performance goes, it's it's one of those things. I think it's almost tomorrow might be the mark or whether that's going to be something to build on. Because I feel yeah. like this season has been a couple of times off the back of bad results where we've stepped up, put a good performance forward. And there's been like a couple of opportunities where we had something to build on and then missed that opportunity where we reverted back to well, like the bad habits and some of the uh, systematic issues that have caused us so many problems. So I'm hoping that it's kind of, this doesn't end up being a missed opportunity to kind of build on something where we're starting to see the, the good stuff we recognise. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with all of that. Definitely the, the pressing, the intensity, those two mm. key words that we all love were almost unrecognisable from what they've been serving up recently against the likes mm. of Brentford and Brighton, especially couldn't, couldn't agree more with that. I think you're right as well. There's a, there's an element of not getting carried away because we've had a few, what I'd call false dawns this season, haven't we? A few results. Yeah. And oh, we're back. This is us. <laughs> but, you know, in context, there's, there's been the other side and what's followed. So, yeah, we, we've got to be careful around that. But definitely, definitely something to build on. I'd agree on that as well. One thing we normally ask, and we'll probably do it a bit differently because it's a cup game, because normally we ask, has anyone played their way in and out? Probably a yeah. bit difficult with a cup game because mm. a lot of people who maybe, if this is the right phrase, wouldn't be seen as first teamers. That may well change. We'll have to talk about that. But people that yeah. wouldn't necessarily be seen as first teamers. So it's more if anyone's, I suppose, played their way in, maybe especially on the, the back of some awful performances against Brighton. So probably just go through a few, Tom, because this might start yeah. to uh, shape your team. We'll get a feel for what you're thinking. Yeah. Gomez at the back. I I think so. I haven't I haven't thought much of Matip's last four or five performances, and yeah. there's been a few this season that have been pretty bad. And in, in, you know, and to be completely blunt and honest, there's been a few that are really bad. I thought Brighton the first half, he he really he had a stinker in in God's honest trivia. I didn't. Yeah. I, I was watching it again, frustrated, even just little things, missing the ball, miscontrolling it, things like that. Um, yeah, there. and I watched Joe the other day, just seemed that bit more, um, sure, it's nice to see him back at, at centre-back. I think he's in a position now as well where re- he really needs to start playing for his future. So, yeah, might be worth taking advantage of that added incentive he may have or the chip, chip on the shoulder he may have. I think, uh, yeah, no, he was good, on the, good the other night and I I wouldn't have any any complaints if he was starting tomorrow. Yeah, looked solid and did did actually make a, a great sort of block. You could call it deflector, but I thought it was a great block for that cross from yeah. Jimenez as well as what you know goal saving blocks. You're giving the benefit of the doubt there. This area, this is probably the one that's going to cause <laughs> most discussion, and I suspect people are going to be screaming when they listen to this later. But we've got to talk <laughs> about it. I, I, I called it midfield three on the agenda, but listen. Anyone who doesn't have Thiago starting tomorrow needs certified in all honesty. So we'll take mm. him out of the discussion. That's quite straightforward. And yeah. naturally, it's the other two that played against Wolves who 
we've got to bring to the table. We mentioned it before, we badge, talking like him, his mate or something, but, you know, <laughs> absolutely brilliant. And Naby Cater as well. Yeah. Have they played their way in for you tomorrow? With, I mean, without going into what the, uh, what the lineup I would put out is, yeah. I, I mean, I would go unchanged. I just wouldn't fix anything that wasn't broken. I mean, considering yeah. how the midfielders looked, I just don't see the issue in not changing. And to be honest, I just don't see the harm at this point. If it's, I can, I, in previous years, you, I, you probably never have caught me wanting a young player with less than 10 appearances in a Liverpool shirt starting against Chelsea. But I just, we're at yeah. that stage now where it's, why not? He, he, I mean, I, he was brilliant the other night. I enjoyed every bit of his performance and he plays with a bit more of a, composure and maturity beyond his years so he's one of those players that I I feel a bit more comfortable suggesting that he could start and should start so I mean if it was me yeah I'd just go unchanged I, I think why not I think Naby probably should be starting in our best team anyway um, but it's obviously the issues with him isn't really the talent is it really so yeah while, whilst it's whilst it's working just let's move with it and see how it goes Interesting. Fair enough. Yeah, I, do. I think especially with, with Badge, he's trying not to eulogise on the back of an FA Cup replay, but mm-hmm. you could only, you know, as they say, you can only beat the opposition that's put in front of you. But I thought his performance had everything. Like we said before, pressing intensity. I thought he won some great tackles. He rattled into a few, which I, I loved yeah. as well. He Also, the one thing that, that did impress me, which can be difficult for a young kid, very press resistant. There was one... Yeah. I, I can't remember the minute. the one they dropped the shoulder when Keller yeah. uh, played out to him. He put the guy he, on the floor just by taking a touch without touching the ball, basically. 100%. I mean, it was almost like, I've been, listen, I've been watching Thiago in training now. About <laughs> Pedent, listen, Pedence is getting sent for an echo about now. So <laughs> that was absolutely brilliant. I thought, yeah, Naby as well, really, again, he's trying not to stake everything on one game, but based on what you've been seeing, like, the energy linked it together, mm-hmm. drove forward quite a bit. So, yeah, yeah. obviously trying trying not to say it's, there's only one option potentially because who knows. But yeah, yeah there's a, there's a strong case for both. I suppose the only other player that I, could, I suppose I'd really think or came to to sort of a talking point based on what we've seen on Twitter, Discord, and all those types of things. Harvey in the front line at all, Tom. Any shout of played his way in for you at all? Uh, based on, I'd say it all depends on Darwin's fitness. I know obviously Klopp said he's okay, he's good to go, he's training. Yeah. Um, it all depends on whether he thinks he's fit enough to start. If he's fit enough to start, I start Darwin and with Mo and Gakpo. If it's if he probably thinks I'm going to bring him off, uh, bring him on with 30 left to where once they're already kind of worn down a little bit, then I, yeah, I've got no real problem with Stein Harvey on the right maybe Mo through the middle Gakpo on the left or, and, and we've seen Harvey pop up on the left a little bit these days with some uh, kind of in-game tweaks so maybe sticks him out on the left if Darwin's not ready so yeah I mean he he put in a sh- enough of a shift the other day to, to warrant start and I wouldn't be too mad about it but uh, especially as I'm, I'm not a massive fan of him in midfield I don't think it's his natural position obviously and it kind of kind of taps into the whole Midfield, leaving the defence exposed thing, where it's, it's just yeah. not his game. It's not something he's familiar with. So, of course, you don't expect him to be 
Angola Kanteo or Moises Casado being able to to drop into the little pockets and protect the back line. So yeah, Harvey dependent on Darwin. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac, and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN, making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes, and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. Fair enough. So we'll call, we're almost calling Harvey number 12 there, so to speak. Yeah. But yeah, couldn't, couldn't do any more, but I'd agree with that. Very, very different in a, a forward position, shall we say, to a midfield. Mm. So hopefully that, that tells Klopp uh, another lesson, shall we say, from Wolves. But we will have to see. So moving on to Chelsea, I mean, just this season, what a club. Just everything that's going on there, just insane. So I think as Klopp mentioned in the press conference, they are underperforming like us. He did mention about their injuries, similar to us, for, for key players. Um, God, yeah, seems like they've got more signings than points nowadays almost. And yeah. from from what we know, from obviously basically from Chelsea, that Mudrick's added, he is eligible the suspicion that Havertz is likely out, we'll have to see on that. God, if you're going to have to do the whole Chelsea squad, it's huge. But Jao Felix suspended. Kante, an interesting one, because we know he almost becomes uh, the best player in the world whenever he has a game with us, was back <laughs> in individual training. So a Typical little bit of uncertainty. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll have to see with that one. If he, if he does play, you know how good it'll be, because it's just yeah, the way yeah. it works. I mean, we look at Chelsea this season, it just seems everything's all over the place. I mean, they beat Palace yeah. at the weekend. They played 4-2-3-1. Potter has also played 3-5-2 in games. He's almost like, mm. I say, flirted between formations, which yeah. is almost unusual for him because he was so set at Brighton. You knew what they were going to do, but hey-ho, it is what it is as well. And obviously, a lot of the press conference, to be honest, was about Chelsea naturally. Potter, you know, mm. what he's got to do, the investment, transfers... And very interestingly, he did talk about Mudrick, you know, on one wing with his speed, the good player, the campaign he's had in the Champions League. Yeah. And Jao Felix on the other wing. I think he almost, like you said before, giggled to himself and then said, wow, you know, (laughs) what, you know, about their talents. Yeah. I I suppose thinking of this game, Tom, and we're linking it to who is available or how Mm -hmm. we might set up all those things. Is there any real threats or individuals you're thinking we need to keep an eye on him tomorrow from Chelsea mm, yeah I had a good think about this um, I mean I, I tend to watch a lot of Chelsea because my partner and all of her family and I've got a couple of friends they're all Chelsea fans so I, I, get, I do see a lot of them 
And as far from it, from an indivi- individual perspective, there's not anyone that does stand out to me as if like that guy scares me tomorrow. If he gets up against so-and-so, that, that's going to be a problem sort of thing. I think, to be honest, the main thing that I go into it fearing and the, the only thing that I can really kind of put my head together is in terms of something that I'm a little bit worried about what the threat could be. And I think it's us. I think our, our biggest enemy tomorrow is going to yeah. end up being us and how we play. Because if we play like we did against Brighton, against Brentford, and our midfield just allows them to play between the lines and if, they, if they're in it, in any bit of rhythm where they can move that ball quickly and get in behind us, that's going to be the problem. Regardless of who's on the end of the pass or who's playing the pass, they're all talented players. So, yeah, I think it's, it goes down to how, how we approach the game and if we're Wolves, Liverpool or Brighton, Liverpool. I think that's the biggest threat. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And the only, I suppose the only other threats I picked up on were, again, Kante is always a world beater when he plays against <laughs> us. And, so is the um, the other lad in midfield, the Croatian, is it Kovacic, oh, I think Kovacic, it's pronounced. Yeah. He, he always has a game against us, always. That was another thing I was going to mention, actually. Is it, and it also it depends on the personnel, because I think I've seen Kovacic send Henderson for, like you mentioned, the proverbial echo a few times. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that movie way too many times, and I think, uh, and it, he tends to kind of, be a fixture on the left-hand side of Chelsea midfield. Obviously, Henderson tends to be on the right, so they tend to have a fair few battles. So if that's um, something Klopp decides, if he puts Henderson out there and Kovacic's out there, that could be an issue because mm. I think he can. And he's, he, I, I, I'm not. It's not so much a dig. Like it's a little bit of a dig at Henderson, but at the same time, I think Kovacic is that good that he can drop the shoulder on anyone, and he can drive into space really, really well. We saw it yeah. in the World Cup. We've seen it countless times for Chelsea, and I think. Um, He's someone that if he's playing, then we there needs to be not so much a game plan for that, but definitely some preparation in terms of how to deal with that and uh, need to make sure organisation and midfield's there to, to protect us from that sort of thing. Indeed, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I suppose the only other, it's not a threat, probably the wrong word, I don't half hate a half 12 kickoff. I've got to be honest, oh, it always God, seems yeah. a bit like, it always seems a bit flat. It's not under the lights. Mm. It's not the 3 p.m. on Saturday, which we all love. Being honest, I can't remember many half 12s that I've seen or been to where it's not just been a little bit flat for whatever reason. Absolutely. And this is so that's just the other thing, which, being honest, usually suits the away team a little bit more, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah. Later the that, game, the better for us for some reason. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, we'll see what impact that potentially has tomorrow. I mean, we talked about their players there, maybe not so much threats, as we said, but ones to keep an eye on. We talked about them almost flirting between formations. How yeah. how do you think they'll actually set up tomorrow? What do you think they'll go like? So I, I, my thinking initially was that they all kind of build on their win last week against Palace. But from what I was having a chat with a, a good friend this morning who's a Chelsea fan and has his ear quite close to the ground on everything that's going on. And I've had a little bit of a look online and everyone seems to think that they're going to revert back to the three at the back just yeah. to feel that bit more secure against a team like us. And yeah, yeah I mean, I, I don't know how much of a difference it will make. I think um, a big thing for me tomorrow, I think, is Darwin. I think if we're in a if we're able 
to set up the opportunities to put the ball in behind them and have him go after it with people like Thiago Silva, Chalabar, I think Koulibaly as well. I think he can cause them some serious problems. If we get him in the right areas and get the ball in, played into the right areas, I think he can cause a serious problem, whether it's four at the back or three at the back. But um, yeah, now I've spoken to people, definitely anticipate the three at the back, although wouldn't be surprised if Potter decides to just stick with what's working as, as of now. Yeah, I, I might be wrong, but similar to you, I just get the feeling they'll go three at the back. Usually, usually again, because annoyingly, another player that has a great game against us, Thiago Silva, so yeah. suits, suits well in the three for him to marshal it. I also think they'll have looked at Brentford, Wolves, you know, games where we've really struggled recently, yeah. and think, well, how have they set up? Yeah, three, five, two, quick switches overloads at the back post, that type of thing. That's where you get joy against Liverpool when they leave gaps mm-hmm. with their full-back and dependent, again, particularly on personnel when that energy is not there and, you know, you're almost going straight through the, the midfield, so to speak. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I do get the feeling they'll almost start as 3-5-2. Not, not hesitant, that's wrong, but keep it tight, try and make sure the crowd is silent, like we say and then yeah. build from there and see what happens. But mm. less than 24 hours, so we'll see what, what they do. I suppose bringing it back to us, and we've got a bit from you already, so yeah. we've got an idea of your, your sort of forward line. We know you're keeping the midfield the same, interestingly. I think that'll be mm. quite a popular decision. You brought Gomez in there as well, and you've told us, Tom, that forward line, it's Gapo, Salah and Nunes. The only switch being Harvey if, you know, Darwin doesn't make it for any reason, although we've got no reason to believe that's not the case. I know it's a double yeah. negative there, that's bad, but hopefully, <laughs> fingers crossed, that's the case. Other positions, I might be guessing here, and I shouldn't really, is it going to be the standard, you think, Alisson, Trent, Robbo and Canate fill the rest of the gaps for you? Yeah, yeah, that's what, that's what, that's what I think. I think, um, like I said, I think the main decision is going to be that midfield, isn't it? Whether he... Uh, wants to throw the captain back in, whether he wants to put Fab in for a bit more security. And then, um, you know, if Har- if Darwin's good enough to start, ready enough to start, then I think uh, I think he will. I think he could be the key. I suppose the big question I've asked, and I've got to ask because we do this every week, I know you yeah. would start that same midfield three. Mm. Do you think Jürgen honestly will? <laughs> Uh, what what I think and Jurgen thinks tend to be quite different with the midfield. Um, yeah, I think he. I, I from what he said today. From I mean, he was asked about Bashatic and whether he's someone that's kind of played himself into Klopp's thinking, and then he kind of turned the question back on them and said, "No, he's he's always in my thinking. Like he hasn't played himself into that." Uh, I feel like he might give him the opportunity given the the performance the other day. Because I, I and it's similar to what I said earlier, I think we're in a position that would that's why not? Why not just keep this like get the same three out there? You can change it yeah. on fifty-five, sixty minutes if Nabby's goosed because he hasn't had as many minutes if Bastard just played himself into the ground with, with little first team experience. He can change it after fifty-five, sixty, and you've got people like Fab and Hendo who can come on and shore things up who might even you might get a little bit more out of if they're playing not as many minutes and they're not being kind of ran flat into the ground for for 90 straight um so i've got a feeling he he sticks to it but if he goes out there tomorrow with 
Fab Henderson and Thiago, I wouldn't, my jaw wouldn't drop to the floor in, in complete shock. So, yeah, it's a it's a tough one. I'm, I'm going to get my tin hat on ready for this. <clears throat> I I actually think from what he'll do, and, and I am like you say, reading a bit into his press conference and all. I'm also thinking of certain things, like you say, we have to be careful on loading all this pressure on Badge because mm. he only, you know, he had cramp, I think it was, after about 68 minutes the other day. You know, it's a big ask to go again in a big game. But I get the suspicion there'll only be one change in the midfield. Oh, I do I think it'll, Yeah, I do think, and I could be wrong, I do think Fabinho will come back in. I think Cater will stay, but I mm. think it'll be... Fabinho in the six, Thiago naturally on the, the left eight, and I think Cater will stay on the, the right eight. That's what I honestly think. The, the cramp it, fit has, has thrown a spanner in the way. I completely forgot that he came off of it and he was cramping up. I don't know if that will have much of an impact into how he's feeling come tomorrow morning. But that's, yeah, it's something to consider that he might just kind of be just fatigued. Indeed, so yeah. that might be. So yeah, I'll bear that in mind. That might be uh, something to consider. Indeed. I, I just get the feeling that that is what will happen. And I also, like you said, I think as much as he's going to start with a, a midfield sort of three, and you know, it's, we know it's going to be the 4-3-3. The three, three. Nothing's going to surprise us that way. But I think it's that there'll be five midfielders at least, unless anyone gets injured, at least use. I, mm. I do really get yeah. that feeling. It's that the, if it is that starting three, then... Henderson and Badge will have a role from the bench, like you said, just for mm. fresh legs that way. But time, time will tell on that one. And dear God, I'm just going to be honest, if it's Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago starting, just stay off social media and Discord for a while. That's the best <laughs> yeah. advice I can give you because it will go insane. And just for the record, that's not me endorsing that on this pod. That's just what could potentially happen. But we'll have to see. So... The final topic, I'm going to ask yeah. you, Tom. And currently, we're one all on this for okay. hosts versus guests. So, as it stands, I uh, I got the point back the other week. No one got it. We didn't have one for Wolves, naturally, with it being a midweek FA Cup. But it is beat the host. So, we ask you for the final score and Liverpool's first goal scorer. Guest always gets first dibs as well. So, Tom, okay. what are you going for? I've talked myself into a different answer than what I've written down already. So I prepared and I've written an answer down and I'm going to go against it completely. Uh, <laughs> uh, my prediction's 2-0. Win. Yeah. I want to say Mo first goal scorer, but I feel like that's boring, so I'm going to say Darwin first goal scorer. Mo, sorry, Darwin first goal scorer. Yeah, 2-0 win. Nil would take that all day uh, long. And if there's any consolation, I'd 1-0 initially but I've, I've talked myself into a bit of confidence I think interestingly yeah I God knows what I've predicted if we haven't got through against Wolves but yeah. maybe, maybe it's just a bit of hope or it could be getting carried away who knows someone just but, as bad as us at the moment so I yeah. think that's where it's at <laughs> so I think, just... I think as, as someone said in the press conference at the end of the day this is ninth versus 10th so it's not yeah. a big slug yeah. at the top of the table so I will go 2-1 I think okay. 2-1 and I if, if it's not Darwin I'm going Mo for the first goal scorer it's always going to be one of oh. those two you're going to mm. lean towards so there we go ladies and gents Tom has gone 2-0 with Darwin as first goal scorer I have gone 
2-1 with Mo Salah, first goal scorer. Let's be honest, we would take either one of those ones and a win is a win at this stage. But, ladies and gents, that has been another post-conference presser for Chelsea. Fingers crossed. It's another three points that are reflecting on the next week. But thank you very much, Tom. Thanks for listening. Thank you. And we'll catch you all again soon. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.